Hey everybody, before we get to Repot It, presented by Rerouted, I wanted to let you guys know our app is live. The Rerouted app on the Apple App Store or the Google Play Store on Android is live now. It is the easiest way to upload any gear that you have in your closet to be sold on Rerouted's website. If you want to check us out online, you can go to R-E-R-O-U-T ed.co that's rerouted.co or download our app on the app store create an account and start uploading your gear now hello everyone and welcome to repot it i'm sorry this episode is a touch late it usually is out on tuesdays but we are recording this and getting this out on wednesday this week a little bit of a different episode this week, I'm chatting here with Chris Wilsey, a fellow rerouted team member. Uh, Chris, what's your what's your title nowadays? You've been on the podcast once before, but let's uh, let's reintroduce you to the listeners here. Yeah, thanks for having me back on. Because uh, you are correct, I've I've been in and out of the Repotted podcast a couple of times now. Uh, I would categorize myself right now in kind of an operations type role, still handling all of the finance duties, uh, but also getting involved in business development and strategy, as well as more of the day-to-day operations and liaisoning with legal and trying to set up systems so that kind of everything on the back end of the company that needs to run can run pretty much outside of tech and tech development and marketing. As you do in the startup world, you tend to wear wear a bunch of different shoes. You walk you walk a couple of days in uh, in each pair of shoes. It seems. Yeah. Oh, definitely. It's a nail on the head with that one. But it's been a solid learning experience, and still enjoying the process. And we're making good headway on this project uh, that is the rerouted platform. Um, and we're excited to get kind of the next big batch of updates and improvements out to all of our users. Well, Chris is a rerouted team member. Uh, he more important, and more importantly, is my cousin. And today, uh, we're going to jump on and, and share a couple of stories from a special trip that we went on. Uh, oh, it was probably close to 15 years ago now. I would say it was probably 2006, 2007, sometime, sometime around there. Uh, don't remember exactly, but I I remember that that I was probably 12 or 13 and you were, you were 14 or 15. And we, uh, we went to the goat rocks wilderness on uh, the crest of the cascade mountain range. So Chris, what, what's uh, let's just get your first impressions. When you hear goat rocks wilderness, I think there's one particular story from that trip that, uh, that comes to mind. Yeah. I first off, just say that when I think of the Goat Rocks trip overall, absolute blast. Um, definitely one of the more fun trips that we've taken as a as a big group and beautiful spot was, at the top where where you're on this kind of rock face. Um, and we actually ran into a mountain goat there. So it lived up to its name in every way, shape, and form. Yeah, no, I can I can give a little bit of insight into that part uh real quick now that you've mentioned it because i completely had forgotten about that actually but yeah we got we got very lucky because as brian said uh hence the name of the trip the goat rocks uh there was kind of this big rock kind of cliff face that we didn't end up getting to um it was a little bit sketchy and as you should do in all of your adventures if things look too sketchy and you don't think that you can safely 
commit to it, then sometimes you just turn around and enjoy what you were able to get done. Um, and it was towards the end anyway, so it, it wasn't a huge loss. But uh, the win of that situation, though, is that we we got to kind of just spend a day up and around that area instead of hiking straight through. And we were able to, you know, do some rock hopping and do a little bit of kind of climbing and adventuring and, and scaling up in that region. And um, in doing so, we we actually kind of almost literally bumped into some mountain goats up there. Um, one of the, one of the, the big, the big fellas was kind of sitting underneath kind of an outcropping. And as we came around the corner of it, as we were bopping around, you know, we were kind of bumped into the back of one of the adults might've been your dad actually. And he kind of shushed us and like put, pulled us back and gave us a symbol of like, Hey, eyes up, look around the corner and, you know, a bunch of kids all come down and we peek our heads around and there's just kind of this goat stoically sitting on the side of this cliff under this outcropping. It was, it was really cool. He was, he was much closer than we would have expected. Um, so yeah, I'd forgotten that we got so much time uh, to spend up there. I remember that as we were traversing across that we that we weren't able to able to really, really get to kind of the peak of where we wanted to go. We had some little kids that, um, you know, we just you know, we weren't going to split up and we uh, we wanted to stay as a group, but we weren't all able to make it across. And I but I didn't remember that we spent so much time up there that day. But as you're as you're mentioning that, um, yeah, that was a whole lot of fun. Funny, funny story. That was uh, there was some snow up there at the time. And I my 12 year old, 13 year old brain was not able to comprehend how we could feel like we were so close to the sun but that there was still snow, like it was warm, but somehow there was, there was still snow at the top of this mountain. I just, I was not able to wrap my head around it. I'm no scientist, but, um, I, it, it makes, it checks out a little bit more now, I suppose. Um, still, still not entirely sure how all of that works, but that actually wasn't the story that I was, that I was thinking you were going to tell. There's, there's another, uh, goat rocks, wilderness rock story. That's one of my favorites. Yeah. So we, you know, part of what made this trip fun was that we had a, a big group of people. Um, and as Brian had mentioned, we did have some, some younger kids on the trip, which was very impressive. I think we had like, you know, even two six-year-olds or so that made it um, kind of carrying a little bit of their own stuff. But um, I, I think of- this was like a 36 or 37 miles that we did over five days, four nights. So it, yeah. it wasn't crazy, crazy days for, for, a, you know, an adult, but for, for a six-year-old walking six to eight miles in a day is, is not too shabby. Definitely. And this, the story that you're alluding to with the rocks actually, I think was also probably the hardest day. Um, Cause we had, we had camped in a kind of like this ravine um, and we'd gone, I think it ended, if I remember correct, it was like almost a, thousand feet of elevation over like a half a mile or something crazy or 800 feet elevation over over a half mile or just around so we're talking some steep grades um but there was a nice flat like grassy patch kind of down in this ravine so we we hiked down and then camped there um for the day and and i think some people might have even done a a day hike up a different peak on the other side of the ravine um, and the rest of us kind of hung around camp and, you know, played some games and whatnot. But like I said, well, um, 
because there was a lot of people, lots of friends, lots of family. And, you know, inevitably there's going to be kind of some shenanigans that end up happening. And we were all right around that that right age of, you know, 12 to 16 or 17 or so, um, all kind of just messing around with each other. And, and earlier in that day, um, my cousin Eric and I, had snuck some rocks into, I think it was Kit's pack, uh, your brother's and, and our family friend, yeah, family um, friend. taken on the trip. And he this and my, he and my brother were, he and my brother were the, the oldest of, you know, our generation, obviously there were parents there and I think they were 20 at the time or right around there. Yes. Yeah. That, that would, yep. That would check out a little bit more. Um, right. Because Kit was, I mean, he was a, house. he was a I mean, UW was rower a division. Yeah. He was a division yeah. one UW, uh, collegiate rower. And so, um, you know, my cousin and I were like, Oh, big, big time rower over here. He can handle this. So, you know, kind of in our, as you said, younger minds, not thinking about consequences. I think we, we shoved a couple of rocks kind of in the outside pockets of his bag where he would have had a water bottle or something kind of like weighed him down you know, just to get a, get a reaction out of him, maybe get a rise and, you know, hear him start complaining and we can chuckle because we know that there's some rocks in his pack and, and everything. But I mean, you know, being an older, smarter kid than just some young, you know, young teenager, um, I think he pretty quickly, you know, might've only been like a mile or so pretty quickly realized like, Oh, Hey, something's not right here. Felt around in his pack and like found these rocks. And, you know, we got a chuckle out of it. Ha ha, we pranked you. Okay, cool. Well, down in this ravine, we didn't plan this very well. Like we got them on maybe some flat and a little bit of uphill and some switchbacks. But down in this ravine, you know, the, the older, smarter kids, um, they packed my bag full of probably 20, 25 pounds worth of rocks in the bottom. And they kind of hit it like, in the bottom, but on top of something soft. So I couldn't, you know, when I put my pack on the ground, it wouldn't like clank rock on rock. And they set this whole thing. I had no idea because they'd repack basically my whole bag. And, and you kind of unpack a lot of your bag with your sleeping bag and your clothes and stuff. So it's not uncommon to have it kind of repacked in, in maybe a different way than you might've last seen it. And I, and we left early in the morning. I am dying coming out of this ravine. this ravine was brutal it was an amazing yeah. campsite but to get down there you would just kind of look up the other side and you'd be like well shoot guess we're starting our day with that tomorrow yep yep and and, and you know again i went on first glance and i think we'd even made the decision of like hey if we camp down there beautiful campsite but we're gonna have to tackle this in the morning and everyone's kind of like yep no problem no problem of course I'm easy to group. say yeah, at the no end problem. of the day easy to say easy at, to the, say end of at the, the end of the day and also easy to say when your pack is not 25 pounds heavier than it's supposed to be well i got creamed going up this ravine and, and it was it was kind of very, very humbling because that was my first year kind of as a, a slightly older kid, quote unquote, um, for these types of trips where I was carrying more of, uh, you know, maybe more of the, the group gear and kind of is a bigger deal with a, with a heavier pack. You know, I probably had a 50 or 50, 55 pound pack somewhere in that range because it wasn't just my personal stuff. 
And it was kind of like a, not like a rite of passage, so to speak, but it was like a, Hey, like you're, you're, you're doing more than just taking your own stuff. Cause you were old enough and in theory strong enough to do so. And like, I was put on my butt just getting crushed coming out of this thing. Cause I had no idea that I had extra weight in it. And when I got to the top, you know, Kit was like, Hey man, look in your bag and I'm pulling out rocks. No joke. You know, these things were like the size of cantaloupes basically. And, and, and grapefruit coming out of the bottom of my uh, bottom of my bag. And I'm just like, Oh my God. All right. You got now, me. I'm not did, pranking you again. Did you appreciate him telling you when you got to the top of the ravine and not letting you hike literally the entire day with cantaloupe rocks in your, uh, in your bag? Yeah, no, I mean, and, and cantaloupes might be a little bit, but for sure, grapefruit size rocks. These things were big. And um, no, I definitely appreciate it. But like, I think he also realized like he had done what he needed to do. And like, yeah. I probably would not have made that five mile trek or six mile trek that day with all that extra weight. Because <laughs> I was I was just a scrawny little kid. And um, he got me good. And it's definitely not something I'll forget. And it was also a good life lesson of, uh, you know, like if you're going to prank somebody, be prepared potentially. And also keep an eye on your bag. Yeah. Well, <laughs> After so pranking somebody. You talk about group gear and this is, this is a story that I don't think I'm just going to divert a little bit. I don't think this actually happened on the goat rocks trip because um, this is a story about, about our grandpa, our grandpa Pete Schoening um, on one of these family hikes he always loved to, to pile all the group gear into his pack. And oh, yeah. when we would get to, uh, when we would get to the kit, to the uh, trailhead and people were, you know, putting kind of the finishing touches on their pack and, and loading in some of the group gear, Pete would just be every single piece that he could grab, just throwing it in his pack. Well, Oh, he'd be shoveling it, gear. Into his yeah. Pack. <laughs> this this trip was, was a little bit, a little bit towards the end. He was, he was a little bit older and, um, and other people were kind of trying to carry that weight. So, you know, my dad went over and, and talked to him and said, Hey Pete, you know, we're going to, we're going to take this stuff out of your pack. And, and as you know, Pete, he was, he don't touch my pack. Like you better not take anything out of my pack. And, you know, he kind of does his, does his grumble, which, you know, I can't do yet. I'm sure I'll get the, I'm sure I'll get the grumble. No, at some it'll, point. it'll come in time. And he probably hit him with a couple bear cats and yeah, <laughs> very gruff. Um, as he begrudgingly let people take things out of his pack and, uh, and put them, well, we get to the, to the first night and we, and we camp and early, early in the morning, um, Pete gets up. And, uh, he's just making breakfast, like, make, you know, make heating up water, like normal. We didn't think anything of it. Well, by the time everybody else gets up an hour, hour and a half later, he has put every single piece of group gear that he could find anything that he could see. He put it in his pack and he sat down on his pack and he, he started <laughs> drinking a, drinking a cup of coffee. So he gets to watch as. Every single person, not just the people that were taking stuff out of his pack, but every single person frantically runs around looking for this gear that we think has been like stolen or taken by bears or something. Yeah. And, and he's just sitting there on his on his backpack and drinking some coffee. And and I don't remember if it was if it was my dad or, or his brother, Eric, that just kind of looked at Pete and said, Pete, stand up, open your pack. <laughs> And there was 
probably like a hundred and thirty pound pack full oh. of group gear that he had just yeah, been sitting so. on because he put all of the group gear in his pack that he possibly could could without uh without people seeing it. And um that's one of my one of my favorite group gear stories. But back to the Goat Rocks trip. Um I think we'll we'll kind of get get to the end here because it was it the last night was was a little bit funky. I think a couple I think it was Kit and and my brother Dan and my dad left the campsite uh the last night early because they needed to get cars. Uh they needed to shuttle cars at the end. So there were too many people for the car that was left uh at the end of the trip. So they had to go back to the to the first trailhead and and pick up the other cars, bring them back uh so that everybody would have a ride the next day. Um, well, we were, we were hanging around camp and I was, you know, 12 years old. I was carving a little stick and I remember I caught my, I caught my finger and man, did I think the world was ending because I cut my finger a little bit while, uh, while I was out, out in the wilderness. But I, I remember, I remember your mom taking good care of me, uh, taking good care of me on that trip and assuring me that I was, that I was not going to to suffer uh, or perish in the or woods. perish in the woods because of because of a little cut on my finger yeah i also remember that last night um because i think when they hiked out they they weren't going to be back until either like early morning the next morning or like late that evening i don't remember exactly what I remember there being a story about them getting hamburgers and milkshakes, which sounded fantastic. So I don't remember if maybe they came back in after getting the cars the next morning. Um, I think they just met us on the trail the next morning. I think they slept in the, in the parking lot. And then I think they early the next morning started coming back, but I think that we met them like right after we left campsite, the campsite. So they had hiked all the way back in. That sounds, um, after that sounds re- after right. refueling the night before with hamburgers yep, and milkshakes on, on hamburgers and milkshakes but i do remember that night um was like the smorgasbord of all meals because we had three less people to feed and it was our last night and i yeah. think you know you always want to make sure that you have enough so you'd rather have too much especially because a lot of it's the the i mean i think that they're pretty pretty tasty especially when you're you're in the woods but the freeze dry yeah oh it hits it hits different when you're out on the trail for sure i i don't i have never actually eaten them just for the sake of eating them because they're actually pretty expensive they're better Um, out on the trail i I, i've had them before not on the trail but they're they're better on the trail for sure that's that's reasonable you're definitely more hungry out there but i i remember it was like just such a treat that last night because it was like you didn't have to ration out a bag and you, we didn't want to carry it the bit. next day. Like that, right. that was the other thing is we were not going to stop and boil water anywhere the next day. So it was like, we, you know, this was, this was it. We were a couple miles away and, and we had a bunch of food to eat. Yep. And so I remember it was like, you know, yeah, it kind of stung that we weren't able to get burgers and shakes, but we also were just able to stuff face with whatever plenty of desserts were left and everybody got their own dinner and, so those things are super, bad. super high in calories. Who do you think ate more calories that night? The guys, you know, individually, one of the guys who ate burgers and shakes or, or us who were eating the, the super dense freeze dried food. 
Oh, I, I think whoever ended up crushing an entire like spaghetti one and as well as like a, as well as like a beef stroganoff or something. Yeah. And maybe a little bit of stroganoff. Like you, you definitely, we definitely could pack some of those things away. Um, but no, that was, it was such a great trip overall. And it, you know, started on a high note. The middle was a high note. The end was, you know, great stuff and face with all that, all that food. Well, Chris, I'm I'm actually going to interview you separately for for your gear story, but I have a kind of a joint gear story here uh, because our family had four or five of these black and green REI packs. How many trips do you think you went on with uh, wearing one of those REI packs? I bet it was eight to ten, you know, eight to ten trips for me, a couple a year um, for for five years or so. Yeah, I think that the Goat Rocks trip might have been the first trip that I uh like evolved and kind of to a full grown pack. Yeah, phased out of the the black and green, I want to call it like, you know, kid pack into and like when an, you say an adult kid size pack, pack, it was, you know, it was a decent size pack, but it was not a full size. I like if I would have had to guess, it was maybe maybe a 50 liter pack or a 55 liter pack or something, you know, 45 to 55, somewhere in that range. Whereas like, you know, a, a large full size pack is like 85, 85 to 90. Yeah. That sounds about right. Cause you could, you could get all your personal gear in there. You know, I felt like I could fit a lot of stuff and, into them. Right. Right. You could get your clothes in a Ziploc bag and you know, your toiletries and your sleeping bag and your pad all in there with sometimes maybe like a little thing of freeze dried food or something to top it off. Plus your yeah. water. Yeah. yeah. But those were those were packs that every kid in our family used for several years. Oh, yeah. And uh, and and I I graduated from those. I, I had, you know, one or two trips with just kind of a random adult pack and then and then got got the pack that I have now. Well, got the pack that my dad has now. He stole it. And then I got another one of the same type. Uh, he didn't want to buy himself a new pack but happy to steal mine. And then my mom bought me a new pack. So we are net net even for, for the packs, but um, those are awesome. Osprey 85 and 90 liter uh, Osprey packs, but anything else you have for our audience here, Chris? I'm trying to think, I feel like, I don't know if it was my favorite piece of gear, but I think one of my most useful pieces of gear on that trip Um I think that might've been the first trip that I wore liner socks. Mm. Cause I think I remember seeing your brother and Kit picking up some liner socks. Kit might've had them. I don't remember your brother. Definitely. We made a big, you know, a big REI trip to go, to go gear up for this stuff. Um, unfortunately rerouted wasn't around then. So we couldn't go order some stuff from there instead. But um, you know, we, we geared up at REI and I remember seeing the, your brother kind of picking out these really thin socks and thinking like, well, those aren't going to offer you much inside your boot. But the idea was you wore them on the inside of your wool sock so that you didn't rub and get blisters. It was like a rub, a rub reduction thing. And I think your brother always got pretty bad blisters. If he wasn't like taping up his heel and, you know, he was also a baby about his blisters. His blisters <laughs> were always like decently bad, but like we've all had bad blisters. He was a huge yeah. baby about them though. Had to make sure that they were all taken care of. 
Of course, of course. As comfortable as possible. Yeah, which to be fair though, like I said, I think it was probably my use, my most useful piece of gear um, that that trip because it was my first time using them. And like, I don't think I got a single blister, even though, you know, I don't know if I was breaking in new boots, but like my boots definitely got the most wear on those trips. That's kind of why we had them around. Most of the time, I just kind of would hike in a a sturdy pair of sneakers or something, unless you know, because we weren't doing anything multi-day like that with big heavy packs um and so my boots weren't always you know constantly broken in so i remember getting those liner socks and whenever i've done a like a backpacking trip after that always always made sure that i had a couple sets of liner socks i still i still think i have those actually so very nice tip liner socks that's the move liner socks and uh and a couple of backpacks that you have 10 different kids use for several years breaks them in nice and easy yeah yeah well chris thank you thank you for joining us uh you want to tell people to download the rerouted app there's yeah. been there's been a uh a, a clip going at the beginning of each of these podcasts telling people to download the rerouted app but maybe they want to hear it from you chris yeah i can definitely go shamelessly plug that thing in here for you um yeah, so we've we've released an app and it's gone through a couple of updates already. Uh, you know, we're working hard here. Our developers are fantastic, um, and we're listening to all the incoming feedback coming in from our users and making sure that we get them what they want as quickly as we can get it out to them, and you know, have it be be functional and and everything that they hope for. Um, but yeah, we're on both the Apple Store and the Android. Is it the Google Play Store? The Google or- Play Store. Exactly. We haven't had an Android in a while. I have not had an Android in a while, but go, go download it. Just search for rerouted. We will be the first app that shows up. You will see the familiar green triangle shaped logo um, and go download. And we're, we're geared towards listers right now and sellers. Um, You can manage your listings. You can, you can browse and um, you actually can buy through the app. It'll, it'll, forward you along to the website where you can complete the purchase. Um, we're working on getting that situated. So stay tuned to be able to purchase directly through the app. Um, but yeah, you can, you can very easily list stuff. We've got a new uploader on there. And once you get all your listings up and running, very easy to manage them. You can adjust price. You can see what's going on with them. If they've sold, you can, you know, remove them from your queue and get them kind of off of your, uh, off of your homepage there. Um, but yeah, go, go if, check it out. Go if you, if you are a seller, if you are somebody that wants to sell things on rerouted, you've got to download the app. I mean, it makes, yes. it makes the selling process so incredibly easy. You just snap a picture add a description and, and you're off. And, yep. and, um, I definitely, if you're a seller, like we said, we're, we're working on getting the buyer browsers, you know, browsing side, uh, up and running but for now if you are a seller the the rerouted app is a must have chris thank you so much for joining repot it the rerouted podcast uh, that is going to do it for us today thank you everyone for listening and have an awesome week take care everybody <laughs>